You've arrived at the Talent Destination, a podcast dedicated to the art of building a company your team will love. If you hang around and listen, you'll experience what it's like to work at Refine Labs and learn effective strategies to create the conditions for people to do the best work of their lives. Now to this episode. So excited to be here. We're in San Diego, California, Paradise Point Resort. We're here for our annual Refine Labs offsite. What a better destination to I record episode one <laughs> of Talent Destination. I'm Megan Bowen, your co-host. This is my co-host, Jessica Williams. Hello. We're excited to record episode one today. We're going to be chatting about the 10 ingredients to create a talent destination. Especially in, in the current environment today, it's more important than ever that people don't just build companies. They build places where people want to work. Yeah. They create the conditions for people to do the best work of their lives. And so really excited to not only launch this podcast, but kind of lay out the talent destination manifesto today. So let's get into it. We'll go one through 10. I'll kick us off and um, we'll just kind of share a little bit, just a teaser about each ingredient because we have a lot more great episodes coming out where we're going to dive deeper into each of these topics and, and so much more. So ready? Let's do it. When I think of ingredients, I think of spices. I like it. <laughs> a recipe. Yeah. You got to add all these ingredients <laughs> together to create that, that talent destination. So the first ingredient is a place where I can show up as my true self and be accepted for who I am. What does that mean to you? That means all of who you are. So I think a lot of people have many different things that make them who they are. So for me, I would say I'm a black woman and that is very important to me so I can show up and say things that might be off the cuff or might be, you know, be who I am, but also be true to how I grew up and what's important to me in my life outside of work. So whether that's me talking about yoga or me talking about like social justice topics that are really important to me, those are some things that I think about that are really, really important that, that somebody else, maybe it's something different that they are really into and they want to talk about, but that we're open to listening no matter what happens, you know, comfortable or uncomfortable. <laughs> I love that. And I think this one also speaks to not being afraid to say that you don't know something or don't understand something, um, not being afraid to disagree, mm -hmm. being comfortable, not having to put on a front, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like act like something you're not because you think that's what you need to do to fit in. Yeah. And so I think that's so important. And even, even with the pandemic and everything that changed, I think even more so people are craving authenticity mm -hmm. and a lot of things that were accepted before are no longer being accepted, which I think is a great thing. What you just said about a mask is a really, really important one because I think a lot of people feel like they have to code switch or they have to be something different than who they are when they're at work. And then when they leave work, they feel like a sense of relief, like, oh, I can be me again. And it shouldn't have to be that way. You shouldn't go to work and code switch and then go home and be somebody different. And I feel like in the beginning of my career, that's who I was. I was a chameleon. I could be whoever you needed me to be. It just never made me happy. I was never really happy with that because I knew I wasn't authentic at work. So now that I can do that, it's like a world of difference. Yeah. And the irony is, Maybe you were able to actually get ahead yep. by putting on that mask, right? Yeah. And where we want to move towards is 
being able to get ahead because you don't put on the mask. Yeah, I definitely look back at my career and because I was able to, I call it like shape shifting, like I was able to be whatever you needed me to be. It did serve me. It did get me further in my career. But if I'm being honest now, I I wouldn't want to do it again. And I wouldn't advise other people to do it. Number two, a place where I feel safe to express my true opinion and engage in respectful disagreement. So kind of building on that last point, right? And I think there's a difference between saying that you're open to people's opinions and open to disagreement and actually showing up and creating space and really being thoughtful about how you respond when you do get that pushback and that disagreement. What comes to mind for that second ingredient for you? I laugh because if you know anything about me, you know that I have a lot to say. (laughs) Whether that is good or bad, I will disagree in a respectful way, but I do feel like it's so important to say, you know, maybe I don't agree with you or maybe I have a different perspective or maybe we could think about it a different way. Um, And I am infamous for that in our leadership meetings. I always have like, well, what about this or what about that? Um, But that that comes from a feeling of safety. And I didn't always used to do that. I would sit there and think this isn't going to work, but I'm not going to say anything because I don't want, you know, to be reprimanded for this. So now that I can actually say like, hey, I don't actually agree with you and we can still come to a different conclusion. We might not go with my idea, but at least I voiced it. Yep. And I think, you know, I was reflecting on this one because as a leader, I really try to create that environment where people feel comfortable speaking up. But I've also reflected on times where I did shut people down. And I think when I was asking myself, why did I do that? I was taking it personally almost. So there's an ego element where if you're not self-aware enough to recognize that you might be shutting it down, not because it's a bad idea, but because you think it reflects poorly on you as a leader. And I think when I made that mental shift of just because someone doesn't agree with my idea, it doesn't mean that they don't like me. It doesn't mean that I'm you know, not worthy or a bad person. Like we're talking about a topic and when I was able to be more open to that and engage in more of that dialogue, I was like, wow, we get to better solutions when we do debate and decide, you know, go back and forth. It could be a sense of fear. I felt that before when someone disagrees with me, I'm like, wait, am I going to have to change what I wanted to do? And sometimes it could be better, you know, (laughs) shout out to Jordan. Jordan challenges me on everything. (laughs) But sometimes I have felt like fear of like, oh, well, what if we end up doing something different than what I originally thought? Am I going to have to backtrack? But as a leader, sometimes you do have to backtrack and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Changing your mind can be a superpower. Absolutely. Number three, a place that prioritizes my well-being and embraces flexibility in when and how I work. I learned this the hard way because I grew up in sort of the New York City startup scene. I was ambitious, wanted to grow, and I would constantly sacrifice my self-care for what I perceived to be the good of the company, the good of my career. And I think the biggest moment where I had the realization that it is never a good idea to do that was dedicating two years of my life to a company. That was where I got promoted for the first time as a, into a COO position. And then a series of events happened, which uh, required not like required me to make a decision to have to lay off a bunch of people at the company, including myself. And going from an important role in the company and like dedicating my entire life to it to the next day, essentially being asked to leave with 
not much of an acknowledgement of anything that I did prior was like kind of the the slap in the head from the universe that yeah. clearly I needed. <laughs> I'm not perfect with this. I I sometimes fall into my old habits and don't always take care of myself the way that I want, but I that is so important. And it's hard to do though. It's hard to maintain in a, especially in a fast-growing company mm-hmm. to ensure that the workload isn't creating any conditions for burnout. What do you think about that one though? I think that one is very interesting. So I've been in companies before where I was the only person in HR people ops. So I had no one to back me up. I was in HR department of one. And I knew that if and when I took time off, I would essentially be punished for it because I would come back to more work or the expectation is that I would work on my PTO. And so literally that's just my mind frame. And so it's ironic because when I came here, unfortunately, I think two, three months into me being at Refine Labs, I got COVID and I was working. And Megan literally sent me a message and said, you need to stop working. And I started crying because I was planning to just work through it. Like I truly was just going to work and just be sick. And I felt horrible. But knowing that I had Jordan and I had my team to back me up, but that was new to me. Like I am very used to the hustle. And no matter what happens, no matter how sick you are, you go to work. And I think not out of a negative connotation, but my parents taught me that, like, you have work ethic, you go to work no matter what happens. And so for literally, I cried when you slacked me and said, stop working. I was like, oh my God. Like, (laughs) and I had COVID, like I was very sick, but I was going to keep working. And so that was new to me. (laughs) Yeah. I need to be told to stop working too. (laughs) Let's get into number four, a place with a vision for the future that is different, unique, compelling, and important. And I got to give a a shout out to our CEO, Chris Walker, for this one. I think whenever you're building a company, the reason that most people will want to join your company is, number one, they believe in what you're trying to do, right? There's values alignment and that it is the right fit for the next step in their career. But the vision piece is so important. And it is uncommon, in my opinion, for an organization to truly have an aspirational Mm -hmm. and important mission. One of the reasons why I decided to team up with Chris in the early days was there was this desire to really transform the way B2B companies go to market. And I had been part of all these different startups, you know, the highs and the lows. I had seen bad decisions made, thousands of people laid off, and, you know, the growth at all cost mentality, which was the most detrimental to the team that worked at the company, you know, people putting their company over their employees and their customers. And so that mission and vision that we have is, you know, a big reason why I am still so excited to get up every day and come to work because... We're modeling what I believe modern companies should be doing and building it. And then we are helping our customers in, a, in one element of that by trying to create more sustainable and effective growth strategies so that the company can continue to grow and support their teams. Mm-hmm. And it's so important that not only is your vision important, but there's this aspirational element like... We have big dreams here. We're going to do big work, right? And knowing that that doesn't happen overnight. So it's that commitment to seeing it through over the long haul. And I think it's hard for people to get that right. But I think the way that Chris talks about our vision and the way that he lives it every day, I think everyone at the company is energized. Yeah. People are definitely bought in. And even um, ironic story at our leadership meeting, we went around the table and everybody gave each other feedback. And that was my feedback to Chris was I see the vision. Like that is why why I am here. I see it. 
I'm behind you. I stand beside this. Like, I'm here for it. And it was really, it was actually got kind of emotional. Like, I was <laughs> yeah. like, I see you, Chris. Um, but yeah, I, it, we are all bought in. And I think you need that for your employees. Yeah. Number five. Let's do it. A place with a long-term mindset and an unwillingness to sacrifice integrity, honesty, and respect wow. to get ahead. This is another one that I learned the hard way. I was at a young startup. I'll withhold the name of the company for this particular <laughs> <Smart>. story. <laughs> but we were growing quickly and I was in a new department building out a new team. And I was being asked to do things that I felt were wrong. It was, in my view, it was lying. It was you know, misleading customers. And I was being pressured to do it so that the team could achieve a goal. Mm -hmm. And I felt really conflicted. And I didn't know what to do because I felt like I knew it was wrong, but I was being pressured into doing it. And I didn't have the courage at the time to really stand up for myself. And what ended up happening was I kind of succumbed to the pressure and did what my leader had told me to do, but then I immediately regretted it. Yeah. So then I basically went to the CEO and the COO of the company at the time and just said, like, I did this thing and I wish I didn't do it. And then I did kind of give them the rest of the context. Didn't really pan out well for me in that particular environment, to be honest. Yeah. But that was what made me realize, like, I knew I shouldn't have done it. Mm -hmm. I did it anyway because I felt pressured. But then I immediately like tried to take it back, right? And in a sense, I sort of did, but not really. And from then on, I was like, I'm never gonna do something for a company that will impact my ability to like sleep at night. Yep. And unfortunately, I wish this wasn't something that had to be on the talent destination manifesto, but it, but it has to be. <laughs> and that's what I tell people, like who you are and the decisions you make reflect you. And this is one where after that lesson, I have made that a priority for myself. Mm -hmm. And I really, tr I try to never put anyone else in a position where they feel that they have to do something that they perceive isn't right. Yeah. And it's so important. I think as leaders, to your point about feeling pressured, like there is a power dynamic there that you felt like you didn't have a choice. Yeah. Um, and as a leader, you have to recognize there are instances where people are looking at you to guide them. And if you're going to guide them kind of in a wrong path, it's gonna be on your conscience. And you talk about like sleeping at night. Like I have been in situations where I said, if I do this, I won't be able to sleep. Like I'd rather be unemployed than do what you're asking me to do. Like I have actually flat out said that to a CEO before where I was like, yeah, I would rather, I guess I'll just have to quit. Like I cannot do what you're asking me to do. But it was hard to say that because I still have bills to pay. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I knew I was like, what if he would have actually called me on it, you know, and said, okay, well then today's your last day. He didn't, but he could have. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we took care of that one. Yep. We said that best. <laughs> Number six, a place where I'm provided the time and space to be creative, explore, and try new things. This is definitely a bit of an aspirational one for me and for Refine Labs right now, I think, because I know everyone is so busy and juggling a lot of things. But actually, most recently, I took seven whole days off work and you add the weekends in there and you're getting close to two weeks. And I came back and I just really felt like I was a whole nother person. Mm -hmm. Being able to step away and unplug not only recharges you and refreshes you, but I don't believe that people can really be creative when they are 
too busy because it just zaps the creative energy. And for me anyway, I can't be like creative on demand. Those things kind of come to you in those moments. And so it's about creating enough space and knowing what you need to feel good to create the conditions so those moments can happen. Innovation is really important to us. Creativity is really important to us. And so I think we have some more work to do. But the way I think about this is like, how can you design jobs so that you can create this space? We do no meeting Fridays, which is kind of, that's like one nod to this ingredient um, with the intent being like, hey, you can control how you're going to spend your time that day um, and figure out how you can create some of that space. That one's definitely easier said than done, but that's really like the ethos behind that one. Yeah, I think that's a North Star for us. So I think we're going to get there. The weekends is when I am the most creative and it's because I'm at peace and I'm not really doing anything. So I keep notes in my phone. So on Monday, shout out to Jordan and Jason because they get hit up with Slack messages. Like like, schedule your 8 a.m. Monday morning Slacks. Okay, like literally if you get a Slack from me at seven in the morning central, I am not actually awake. (laughs) (laughs) These are scheduled messages for a reason because I've had things on my mind and I write it all out on Sundays. But I think you have to be at peace to be innovative and creative. And I think as a startup, that's something that, you know, we kind of toe the line on, but we want people to have that space. So we're, we're mindful of it. We'll get there. I think that's another really important side note mm-hmm. is being clear on what excellent is and what you need to do to get there, but also acknowledging when you're not meeting that expectation or meeting the bar. Nobody's perfect. We're not perfect. Uh, we got a lot of things right. We got a lot to improve upon. And I think being honest with that is really important, especially when um, you're talking to people that might decide to work there. I always like to be transparent about challenges, like people should know what they're getting into. All right, uh, number seven, a place with clear expectations, regular feedback, and accountability that challenges me to grow. And so I think this one is really around how to set people up for success. Mm -hmm. So this was a tool that I had developed with another HR leader at another company called Individual Success Plans. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's one of the tools in our performance management toolbox. Um, But the intent really is within the first couple of weeks, we tell somebody, this is what great looks like in your role. And after, you know, three months, we will have our first feedback conversation. But instead of just having that 90-day feedback conversation, setting that clarity up front is so important so people know what they're going to be evaluated on. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, other things come up and it, it's not a perfect system, but we've gotten a ton of positive feedback oh. that people like that. So they understand this is why I'm here. This is what I need to do. This is what good looks like. And not only feedback in the performance management cycles, but every day, on the fly. It should be continuous. Absolutely. And people love to be held accountable. This is an interesting one where a lot of people will tell me the only way to do that is to be unkind or to come down on people. And it's just not true. And it really is just a matter of being clear with what the expectations are and when they're not met, following up. And you can do it in a way where you ask, why? Give me more context. What's going on? And then, you know, reset that. But people actually respond really well. And often when you have those types of conversations, you'll never have it on that particular topic ever again. It becomes a learning moment, you know, for that individual. People crave feedback. People love positive feedback. And even if it's 
I'm like terrible at accepting constructive criticism, <laughs> but I love it. Join I the love club. it. <laughs> it's good for me. Yeah. But I think clear is kind. And so you're setting them up to win when you tell them what you're going to expect from them. So even I just had a new director of talent join my team. And, you know, her first day we sat down and I said, these are my expectations and these are the projects that I want you to work on. And here's the timeline. And she's like, I've never had anything be so clear. You know, like it's, you know exactly what I want from you. And it's not like you're having to guess or you're having to come back or it's very, very clear. And I think that's the kindest thing you can do for somebody. Absolutely. And even in the context of like forward career momentum and growth, right? It's like, okay, what is it that you're aspiring to do next? Okay, great. To do that role, you really need to master these skills. And maybe these are skills that aren't within the immediate purview of your current role. But let's talk about that as well and how in your current role you can get there. So not only expectations of your current role, but to really take that a step further and set people up for more career success is talking about what those expectations will be like for the next step so that they can start to build those skills mm-hmm. and and get ready for it. Career mapping I th- is just, you know, the epitome of what you need to do, in a, I think, in a startup. Like most companies have it, but people don't really lean on it for information. It's more of just like a something pie in the sky. But here we really do talk about the career paths, and that's really different. I know. What's so interesting, and we're on this journey together, is how often they need to be yes. revisited and a refreshed <laughs> and updated. But it's a huge lift, yeah. right? And so we're going to probably be retooling a lot of that over the next three months. It's not something you can really set and forget. Yeah. And having management and expert paths. Not everybody should be a people manager. No, no they should not. That's a different episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, say, we'll, we'll, we'll cut that off and save that for its own episode. Number eight, a place where I am surrounded by diverse, intelligent, and driven people who I can learn from. And I think that this touches on a couple of things. So actually, that startup that I was talking about earlier where I felt my my integrity was challenged, mm-hmm. other than some of the bad apples, perhaps, that was the first time I was at a company where surrounded by A-plus players. Yeah. I grew so much in the two years that I was there because when you're surrounded by people that are amazing, it makes you want to be better and more amazing, right? And so there's this compounding effect when you can assemble the best people out there. It's like, uh, you know, one plus one is 10, not two because of that level of talent. And that's something I'm really proud of that we've built at Refine Labs. And we have a way to go, but I feel like we have a pretty diverse team, but everyone is an A-plus player. And the talent density here is just incredible. And so that becomes a an amplifier yes. for everything in the business and everyone in yeah. the business. It makes people want to get better. So that's one thing I've even heard from the demand team is like, everyone here is so good. I could learn so much. And I think that's on every team. It really is on every team. You could learn something. And I always say this to the team, iron sharpens iron. So you're going to get better if you come here. And that's part of being a talent destination is that it's a place to grow. So what are you learning would be the question. I never believe that anyone should be at a company forever, right? Like everyone has their chapters or their, you use the phrase like tour of duty, Mm -hmm. like, and, you know, to have a chapter of your career here for as long as it can be, right? 
I think condenses, like I've had people say, I've learned more in my first six months here than in my last like two years at my last job, right? So it becomes a personal accelerator for individuals that wanna join the team. And I actually think when I think about talent destination, it's not even just about our current employees. I think it's past employees and also future employees. So even like I've built out an alumni network for people that leave and, you know, I still talk to them. Yep. You know, I still reach out to them. Is everything okay? You know, what's going on? Can I help you? Can I support you? Because they're still part of our story. So it's all encompassing. I love that. We didn't touch on this too much, and this is probably its own episode too, but the diversity element is huge, I think. Again, we have a diverse team. We want to get better because we want to be the the model. But what I've observed is that we have so many differing perspectives that come to the table. And I have learned or heard about ideas or initiatives or opinions that has made me change my perspective Mm -hmm. of how I think something should be done. And if we didn't have that diverse group of people bringing new ideas to the table, we would be stuck in our own ways. And a big part of everything we do here is shedding the old ways and defining the new ways, right? Think outside the box. Yeah, I don't see how you can do that without diversity being a top priority. And I think diversity of thought comes from diversity of lived experience. So letting people say things out loud. So to our point earlier, people can say whatever they need to say in a respectful way. Um, but, you know, speak up in that if you're if you have a different opinion because of your lived experience, we want to hear about it. Another another separate episode. episode. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine, where I am appreciated and recognized and rewarded for a job well done. Oh, yeah. We love giving feedback. <laughs> This is positive. This is praise. Yes. <laughs> we have a lot of mechanisms for that. So we have so many avenues for people to give feedback to their peers. In Q2, we're going to do 360 reviews where people are giving feedback to their manager. So that's going to be different, but it's going to open up some doors of communication. Definitely. What I always say, the easiest thing that you can do as a leader is just tell somebody thank you. Yes. Thank yes. you for your hard so work. Simple. Great job on that. Those words can mean so much to an individual. I'm a perfect example. If I get like a great compliment, I'm like riding high for like 45 (laughs) days. (laughs) I'm like, remember when so-and-so said I did that thing really well? (laughs) And so it's the little things like, yes, you need, you know, systems and process in place for 360 feedback and for peer recognition. But don't forget the little things, too, because they can have such a big impact. And that's something that I try to do every day, especially I've come to the conclusion that in a remote distributed setting, those daily small thank yous and messages of appreciation go a really long way. And so it's something that I try to do every day, actually. Yeah, I have a pro tip on this one. So when someone (laughs) sends me something nice, whether it's Slack, an email, any mechanism, I screenshot it and I have a folder on my desktop for when I'm having a bad day or I'm feeling less than where I go look at those and see what people have said to me about me doing a job well done or, you know, whatever it is. And it truly does help. Like when you're having a bad day and you go back and read these messages where people are telling you, you did a great job. Thank you for, you know, being there for me. It can lift your spirits. So that's a pro tip. Screenshot those messages. (laughs) I might have my own folder as well. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Number 10. A place that makes me a better person, practitioner, and leader that wants to pay it forward to help others. Mm. And so I think this one was really discovered for me when I was very ambitious, 
you know, businesswoman trying to climb the corporate ladder, yeah. right? Both of us. <laughs> and I finally got to the C-suite. And in my mind, when I'm a COO, I'll have made it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be so happy. I'm going to feel so fulfilled. And like, I did it. Like, I arrived. And I remember when the CEO brought me in and he was, I could tell he was so excited. He knew I wanted this. Yeah. And he basically like, uh, you know, announces to me, yeah. I'm promoting you <laughs> to COO. And my reaction was almost nothing. Mm. He was shocked. Yeah. He was like, did you hear me? <laughs> like, are you okay? And I was like, thank you. And he's like, i just thought you'd be a little more excited. Yeah. <laughs> what, how, was, what was happening? How much you built it up. And yeah. I don't know. At that moment, I realized nothing changed. Yeah. Nothing changed. You were, you were already doing the job. Well, I was doing the job. Yes, I was already doing the job. But like, I didn't feel any better by just having the title. I was convinced that I would. This achievement for achievement's sake. And there were some difficult things happening. So I think that was factored into maybe my reaction, right? But it really made me rethink and realize how I had gotten to a point where that no longer was something that was going to matter as much to me. And maybe it never did. I just thought that it did. I think that's, um, there's a term for that arrival fallacy. I'm that way too. I have these goals and I'll say, I'm going to get to this goal and then I'm going to be so happy. But what happens is I get to that goal and I set a new goal. (laughs) I don't even think about that goal. Like, uh, I did that, been there, done that. I'm on to the next thing. There's something to be said about that. We got to do an episode on like high achiever type A's. (laughs) Yeah. When I ask myself, like what actually fulfills me? What matters to me? And it comes back to me conquering my own personal development goals and demons so that I can kind of be the type of person that I want to be and my ability to help and positively impact other people. Those are the moments when even if you're having a bad day and you have an interaction with someone and you're able to help them through something, that's what's most personally satisfying to me. And so I think that I think everyone has to go on their own journey. I think this is something that you have to kind of experience for yourself. I don't think like people, someone telling you this is going to have the same effect, but I encourage people to think about it because for me now it has changed Mm -hmm. what goals are important to me and what are the things that do matter. And, you know, yes, it does feel good in a sense to have like a C-level title. Like, so I'm not going to completely downplay that. There's definitely a like being proud of myself or acknowledging the achievement, but it's not as good as you think it's going to feel. Yeah. Yeah. I think mine is around leadership. So I love leadership development and it's so important to me. Like my core value is around being a good leader. Mm -hmm. So even all my interactions with my team are around like me reading a book or, you know, I got feedback one time that someone thought I could have done something different and you should have seen me on Amazon. I was like, okay, what could I have done different? Like, I'm going to buy a book. I'm going to listen to a podcast. Like I'm all about self-improvement. And to me right now, my focus is always about leadership. So I'm growing my team. So now I believe I have nine people on my team and I want them all to feel welcomed and like they're advancing in their careers. And what does that mean? And how can I be a good leader to each of them? And kind of tailor it to what they need because they don't all need the same thing. So that's kind of my thing right now. It's like, I'm all about leadership. You should see my living room. It's like leadership books everywhere Mm -hmm. because that's what's important to me right now. (laughs) No, it's true. 
And I think both uh, like from a personal development lens, as well as a career development or leadership development lens, those are really the most important things. And what I've learned at this point in my career is if you focus on taking care of yourself and like doing the right thing by other people, a lot of the other details often work out. It's not about telling someone how to execute a project. It's about building up their confidence, providing that clarity, and then letting them figure it out on their own. Um, and probably we'll do an episode on each one of these, oh, actually. Yeah. We have so much um, to say. <laughs> <laughs> but those are the 10 ingredients, the 10 commandments of the yeah, Talent Destination the Manifesto. Um, it's in our culture book yes. um, that we have at the company. But as we're wrapping up, do you have any any closing thoughts that you want to share on the concept of talent destination? Yeah. My closing thought would be kind of to my previous point that I think to be a true talent destination, you have to be where people want to learn. They want to grow. They want to be there. To your point earlier, you know, a lot of people aren't going to stay somewhere forever. But if you go to a talent destination, it's a growth mechanism. So it's going to spring you forward in your career. And that is what we do at Refine Labs. Absolutely. And I think for business leaders, company leaders out there, the way that I view my role is it's less about doing particular things and it's more about how can I create the right conditions Mm -hmm. for all of the things that we just talked about to be true. And if you can create an environment that lives up to each of these 10 points, then the people on your team, they do all of the amazing work, right? And I think it's a different leadership mindset. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's all about all of these things apply to any type of business. It's not that you have to do certain things to sell your product or this and that. Like, I truly believe if you can do this and you bring the right people in at the right time, they are the ones that are going to solve the challenges and the problems, achieve the goals, bring on that new customer, make them successful, have that customer grow with you, so on and so forth. So that's what it's really all about. Leaders need to create these conditions and and stop building companies, but build talent destinations. I love it. (laughs) So true. And that's a wrap. (laughs) Boom. Side effects of listening to this podcast include, but are not limited to, increased employee engagement, retention of high potential employees, and becoming a badass in the people, talent, or operations space. If you're looking for a new role, Refine Labs would love to hear from you. Go to refinelabs.com careers for more insight into amazing opportunities at our fully distributed workforce.